Hey everyone, welcome to episode 133 uh, of This Week in Marketing, also known as your Dream Show. This is your host, Sajid Islam, and today I'll be going over the notable news and updates from the week of October 31st through November 4th, 2022. First, a quick update on the YouTube Go Live feature. Uh, YouTube Go Live has actually been rolled out to more users uh, and you know, it's just going to, what this does is it's going to allow you to go live from the app as well as invite another YouTube user to your stream with the video then displayed in a vertical split screen, right? Uh, so this is similar to what you, we have in TikTok. However, in TikTok, you can have up to five users on YouTube just getting into the game and they right now they have only... Uh, you can only go up to two. I think YouTube is planning to add, a, you know, more users to the stream. Uh, they're working on that. Uh, this is actually good because now you're able to like, you know, do Q&A and bring other people uh, to the show, uh, you know, kind of rotate on a rotating basis. Uh, also, remember, this is something you can only do it from the mobile. You can schedule something from the web, but you still have to be on the mobile to run this thing. And the other thing you want to know is you can monetize it. So if you are the host, you are the one who is going to get uh, rewarded if you plan to choose to monetize it your co-host or guest on the show do not get any credits now when your co-host or guest do come onto the show their user base or their fan base do not get notified that they are on a live uh, again that's something youtube is working on they're going to bring it to you um, for now you can have pre-roll mid-roll post-roll ads on go live together um and what else? If your guest does something, uh, you know, violate any of the YouTube policy, it's on you to, uh, you know, so basically you get to get dinged. But if something that happens during the live itself, you can actually uh, kick that person, the guest out of your show. And that way you will be saved. But keep all these things in mind uh, because this is something very important. Okay. Let's move on to the next update, which is on Instagram. Instagram is, allow, is now officially rolled out Instagram subscriptions. This is something they've been testing since back in January. And now it's available to all eligible US creators. Now, if you want to see if uh, you are if, if, it's, if you're eligible or not, go back into the Instagram app. Uh, check if it allows you to do this or not. Uh, so, and so, yeah, if open up your Instagram app, if so what is what my note says, if you're eligible for Instagram subscriptions, open the Instagram app and go to your professional dash, dashboard. If you're eligible, you'll see an option to set up subscriptions for your account with this feature activated. You can start processing, or, <coughs> excuse me, start posting subscriber only content such as live stream stories, badges, posts, reels, group chats, and broadcast channels. And you can promote subscriptions in your Instagram stories with the dedicated stickers. Of course, uh, there are no uh, mention of how much Facebook is going to take a cut. But I'm, if I understand the Silicon Valley, then they're going to probably give it out for free for now. They're going to get momentum and they're going to start charging. That's one. Number two is that I do not know if you really want to build a subscription on Instagram, period. My take is do not do it. If you're going to build some subscription, get it to an offline where you own the traffic. Because I've seen again and again, remember on October 31st, Halloween day, a lot of people woke up to see they've been banned and their account got deactivated on Instagram for whatever reason. And it was just a hell and a mess for them. And the story is all over the web. 
Keep that in mind. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, whatever it is, they're very, very finicky. You always need to have a backup plan. So I would definitely request to you that, you know, even if you take advantage of it, do not rely on it. Do not put all your eggs on one basket. Please diversify, even if you're on TikTok, okay? Uh, with that, let's move on to the next update, which is something going to be very interesting is profession Facebook professional profile is now available to all users. What professional mode is, is just a profile setting that removes the need to create a Facebook page to get your content in front of a larger audience. So Facebook probably realized that, you know, not everyone is using Facebook pages anymore because you know what? It sucks. They've made it so complicated. Nobody goes that. So basically they say, you know what? We are going to, and also it's just harder to uh, go to two different places to post. Like I have a Facebook page. You know what? I just do not know head or tail. I just lost track of it. Our market and grow has a Facebook page. That also is the same thing. So now we could, I can turn on a, a toggle on a switch and I can, uh, you know, become a professional profile from whatever creator profile or a user profile. I do not know what those things are called. They keep changing. But the good news is that now I can earn money from my reels and I can enable ads during before, during, and after longer videos. Again, they're competing directly with YouTube because YouTube creators get paid. And lastly, I can allow my fans to increase their support for me with a monthly subscription share, subscriber-only content, similar to what Instagram's uh, subscription is. Again, I wouldn't mind being having a professional profile and posting videos and monetizing on that. However, I would not create any type of subscription on any of this platform where there is no due course, there is nothing, I can get shut down anytime, any reason, for whatever reason, and you may call me whatever you call, but I just do not believe it. I would rather have my email list, have a third party, even if it means I have to f spend a few extra $100 a month, I will do that. Next up on Microsoft, uh, Microsoft has this thing called uh, UAT. Uh, obviously, it's called a Universal Event Tagging. Yeah, event tracking, sorry. Event tracking, this is similar to Google Ads. Uh, Google Tag Manager, not Google Ads, Google Tag Manager, this is part of Microsoft Clarity, which is similar to my Google Analytics, right? You're gonna say, Sajid, you're comparing a lot of things. Yes, a lot of things I'm comparing because everyone knows Google Analytics and Microsoft said, hey, we need to have our own analytics. It's called Microsoft Clarity and with Clarity there says, you know what, we need a tracking dashboard called uh, a tag tracking. So we are gonna call it UAT, UET, I don't know why I'm calling it UAT. UET, which is Universal Event Tracking, that basically allows you to create one tag, and then with that, you can do a lot of different things, similar to what you do, Tag Manager. Um, and you know what? When Microsoft Clarity was launched back in October 18, 2021, uh, which was actually episode 79, I skipped over this. And I regret doing that because, you know, I was like, nobody cares about that. But now I look back, I, I look back and I'm like, man, I was so such a fool. And also back then, the Twim show had only 10 stop stories. And now we kind of expanded. We will cover as many as we can. Uh, so here it is. But the UET tag has a dashboard which can help you monitor tag data, fix any issues that arises. Uh, this is a one-stop shop for all things UET, including real-time insights into the data that gets sent via UET tags and troubleshooting action recommendations. So similar to Google, it's a little bit farther from Google Tag Manager, but it's pretty good. I haven't myself haven't tried it. This is something I'm going to try this week. And you know what, we'll see because I feel like Microsoft is Microsoft Ads is going to be something big in the next three months. 
The other thing on Microsoft Ads is that Microsoft Ads rolled out import tool for Google Ads Performance Max. Again, uh, something I've seen and have done, used it in the past with a Microsoft always Microsoft Ads, which is a competitor to Google Ads. They've always had this tool where you can actually download your Google Ads campaign and upload it into Microsoft and it will work just as fine. So now they're doing basically for Performance Max. Uh, this is just to do simplify your duplicating efforts across from platforms. Uh, Microsoft currently only support Performance Max campaigns that uses a merchant center and will import the campaigns as smart shopping campaigns and local inventory ads. This is something for you if you are already running Google Ads and shopping and you are not running ads on Microsoft then maybe you should consider because you know the cost per click, cost per acquisition is much cheaper on Microsoft than it is on Google for obvious reasons. However, if your demographic or if your you know customer is not on Microsoft, then this is something you can skip. I'm gonna put the link on the show notes if you want to find out more about how to convert your Google Performance Max ads into Microsoft ads. You can follow that link. It will take you to the Microsoft blog and they will teach you everything um, there is you need to learn. In other news, Microsoft ads have expanded the availability of similar audiences. Uh, so what similar audiences are, it's something, you know, in Facebook, they have lookalike audiences like, you know, hey, I have a group of customers. Can you go find me some other new customers that look alike like this, you know, that demonstrated this same demography, same behavior profile, things like that. And they do it uh, behind the scenes. So the good news is that previously similar audiences uh, was only available to US and Canada and Microsoft is available, making it available to more markets. I have not, I'm not going to go through the list of more markets. It's something, you know, obviously outside the scope of this podcast, but I just wanted you to know that this option exists. Uh, similar audiences now exist in Microsoft ads and it's available beyond US and Canada. Talking about similar audiences, uh, Google is phasing it out. Starting May May 2023, Google Ads will no longer create similar audiences for targeting and reporting. You're going to say, hang on, Sajid. Microsoft is expanding. Google is killing it. Yeah, well, Google is killing it, and they're using privacy as an excuse to say, hey, we're going to kill it. I do not know if it's true. It could be untrue. Uh, Who who knows? I really uh, feel like what they're doing is they're swapping similar audiences with something else. So for example, I mean, in Google, you know, similar audiences are also referred as similar segments. So what Google is saying, if you've been using similar segments on display, discovery, or video action campaign, and you need to turn on optimized tar- tar- targeting to reach additional relevant and expanded audiences and optimize your goal, uh, conversion goals. Um, what they're also saying for awareness, reach video or consideration, you need to do uh, turn on audience expansion and reach people uh, similar to those on in your first party data. And if you are using search or shopping campaigns and you're not using smart bidding, you want to use start bi- smart bidding or use performance max campaigns. So Google is taking away similar audiences is probably by saying, you know, hey, starting next year, we are not going to have first party data. There's going to be, you know, all these pri- privacy things happening. We will probably not have uh, good enough data. So if we don't have any good enough data, we will probably fail. So you go ahead and give it to our machines, our artificial intelligence. They're going to go figure it out for you. And let's just hope that you are going to be the winner. It's like, you know, hey, I just do not like the whole idea. Anyway, will remain to be seen if it's actually a good idea or not, but for now you just know that similar audiences in Google is going away. 
Next up, Google has introduced new search level for coupons and promos. So this is more for end user when they search for things like, you know, a coupon or they're looking for promotions, they're gonna be able to see badge that says, you know, hey, such and such, 15% off on this coupon for holidays, things like that. This is something you can see it on Bing. When you go on bing.com or use Microsoft Edge and search for products, you will see that coupons, price discounts, comparison, things like that. So why does why am I covering this on this podcast is that if you are an e-com business, you are not using Google Merchant Center or structured data that something we have covered in the last few episodes where you know Google has kind of you know said, hey, we now support this structured data. Hey, we now support that structured data. If you're not doing any one of those things, you are at a huge disadvantage, especially going into the holiday season because we are very... Uh, close to Black Friday, Cyber Monday, as well as the Christmas season. So this is something very, very important. Please, uh, if you are an e-com, um, if you are an e-com user, please, uh, or a, sorry, e-commerce business owner, please, please, please go read the show notes and see what's happening. If you really want the details, if not, just go ahead and start using Google Merchant Center. Next up, uh, from Google's John Miller was asked, hey, do we get any um, bonuses or plus points if we have our websites verified in Google search consoles? Google's John Miller says, hell no, it doesn't matter, right? Uh, you can use the URL inspection tool to manually push URLs to be crawled faster, but that is just on a URL, on a URL by URL basis. And most of it has to be done manually. Other than that, having a search console account does not expedite any crawling, does not give you any SEO, uh, ranking, better ranking, things like that. The other thing that came out this week was that Google's John Mueller has says, you know what, do not just rely on backlinks for ranking. Uh, while it may have worked in the past, it probably is working for now. It will, it, there, it may stop working anytime in the future. And there's a big explanation behind it, right? Overall, Google has always been coming out uh, since starting in 2013. 14, 2016, that, you know, hey, we use backlink as a way to say, you know, hey, you are an authoritative source or you have a lot of information, good information, a lot of people in um, link back to you. But Google is saying, you know, we are getting smarter and smarter. Our algorithm is getting smarter. We can understand what's happening on the page. We know what the page is talking about. And eventually, at some point, well, we haven't, we do not know when, but we will stop using backlinks as a ranking factor. But for now, there are three things that are uh, considered uh, for ranking. Number one is backlink. The second is content. The third is rank brain. Rank brain is basically... Uh, an algorithm uh, that uh, Google uses to rank the content. I'm not going to go deep into the rank brain algorithm. All you need to know is that if you're using bank backlink and relying solely on backlink, maybe it's time for you to consider uh, using uh, other things such as creating good quality expert content. Okay, uh, at the same time, Google's John Miller kind of have busted this myth that says, you know, hey, if you have nicer, bigger, clear, uh, is a uh, Headline font, you will get better SEO ranking. Google is saying, no, that doesn't matter. Headline is. The other thing that came out is this week is that Google's John Mueller says, hey, look, I want you to focus writing better quality content and stop uh, focusing on creating content based on keywords and search volumes. This is, this is coming up because some users did a research and asked him a question on Twitter that says, hey, John Mueller, I have all these topics that I found like there's a lot of high search volume. Should I go ahead and uh, write content for this? 
And John Miller says, if you just do that, you write content because, you know, says what is a YouTube CPA and things like that. This is going to end up becoming a very crappy content, mediocre content. Focus on a topic that you're an expert in, that you can talk about it. And then you can sprinkle some of this, some of this, uh, you know, things you can explain like, you know, what is a YouTube CTA? So you probably you're writing an article on um say YouTube ads, right? And you write an authoritative content and you kind of talk about it. Uh, and then it says, then you can sprinkle in what is YouTube a CPA? How do you increase UPA, lower your CPA cost? How do you increase your CTR, things like that. But don't just write a content for the sake of writing content because there's a high volume. Because if you do that, uh, you will lose out. The other thing that came out, and I think this is the last one for this week. Yes, it is the last one for this week is that, you know, some dude on Twitter uh, by the name Nat Miletic uh, claimed that, hey, you need at least 200,000 words on your website to be considered authoritative by Google. John Miller replied, I do not know who made up that 200,000 words number. It's definitely not from Google, right? And it's interesting. And I'm going to put the show notes in the, you know, uh, what, what am I going to say? I'm going to put the screenshots in the show notes. So if you watch this episode on YouTube or go to the show notes page on Substack, we are on Substack as well right now, you will see the screenshots. What it's basically saying is that, look, word count is not a ranking factor. And also it proves that there are so many bozos out there who are, you know, dis who are basically selling this myth. Oh, you know what? You need to have 200,000 content. Oh, you need to have like long form content. You need to have all these things. You have short form content. You don't have enough content. That's why you're not getting indexed. All these things are crap, right? That's what John is saying. Uh, and this is not just John saying it. This has been said in the past, back in 2014, 2019, 2018. All they're saying is, look, you need quantity is not an indicative of quality. Google will not penalize you for writing short articles. Short articles can rank well, uh, but what you need to do is you need to write good quality informative content, right? So aren't you glad you follow the Twim Show? Aren't you glad you're listening to the Twim Show? Because if you didn't, you would probably be falling into this trap. And also this goes to say, do not believe everything that's out there. Everything that I share and I say in Google on this podcast or on this show is based on, you know, things either it's coming from John Mueller, it's either from someone from Google. Now you could say, what if they're wrong? Well, they're wrong. At least I'm getting it as close to the source as possible versus, you know, some, you know, Tom, Dick and Harry on Twitter claiming it and then John Mueller coming in and saying, no, you're wrong. Right. Alrighty, folks, that's it for this week in marketing. Now you know everything to be in the know. If you want to read more, make sure you check out the show notes page. We are also publishing this episode on YouTube. So please check it out over there. You can get some of the screenshots with that. Signing off until next week. Take care. Bye-bye.